Well, good morning, Redemption Flagstaff. Pastor Vince here. So, uh, as always, excited to be with you. Today we start a new three-week series looking at Psalm 23. Uh, I'd love to share more about that uh, in just a moment, but I'd like to give you an update on where we're headed as a church in regards to this uh, kind of reopening and, and what a Sunday mornings especially look like as we move forward. So, um, as you know, many churches throughout town are starting to open up their Sunday services and meet in person, and we are hopefully headed that direction uh, soon. But what we know now is is for the next uh, three weeks beyond today, we know exactly what we're doing. So today and then next week, which is the 31st, uh, for both of these Sundays, it's going to be kind of business as usual as it's been over the last couple months. So uh, we will stream here on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We encourage you and your family and your friends, your roommates, whoever you're with to, to gather and to, to watch and to partake and take communion and respond and the whole deal. Um, but then on the 7th and the 14th, uh, we're going to continue to go digital, but we want to encourage you to, uh, if you're comfortable with it, to meet with a small group of people. And so if that's uh, your redemption community, uh, your Bible study, just a group of friends that want to get together, uh, and trying to start rolling out some of this uh, kind of group and community time while engaging with the Sunday morning service. And so that will be on the 7th and the 14th. Um, <clears throat> we would love to know if, if you're out there and would like to host one of those Sunday mornings. And so we're looking for different hosts so that, if need be, everyone in our church could find a place to gather with different people on Sunday morning if they want. So um, if you're willing to open up your home and do that, would you please just let us know? Real simple, all you have to do is just email me. So my email is here at the bottom of the page. Just go ahead and shoot me an email, and then we'll be able to get you more information on what that looks like. So that's our plan beyond the 14th, so 21st and 28th and beyond into the summer. We really are still kind of a wait and see. And so uh, that's the direction we're going. We're still trying to talk to Flagstaff Unified about um, when we can get back into Coconino High School. Please, please be praying for that situation. So um, that's our update. That's what we're doing. Uh, and then today we just get to open up Psalm 23 again and look at the first few verses. So <clears throat> what I'd like to do is just open us in a word of prayer. Um, we're really hoping that this series um, in real ways, isn't just, it's maybe even less teaching that you're going to get from Anthony and I, and more just trying to direct you to the teacher and to the shepherd that you would spend intentional time kind of pursuing him in this season. So uh, let's bow our heads in a word of prayer, and then we'll jump into the text. Jesus, we love you. We're thankful we get to call you Father and King. We pray that you would guide us, shape us, and draw our hearts unto you. Lord, we confess even now God, that we, we chase after other voices, and at times, God, it drowns out the voice of our shepherd. Would that not be the case for your people? And Holy Spirit, would you convict us, move us to new life, move us as a united uh, bunch of sheep, God, for your glory here at this church, that we would hear your voice and follow you in everything that you're doing. Bless us as we open your word in Christ's name. Amen. So if you haven't been with us over the last uh, you know, couple months, we've been doing this digital format. We just wrapped up a couple weeks that I'd highly encourage you to go back and look at. Uh, two weeks just kind of on this, this beautiful idea of like trusting love and pursuing unity. And what does that mean for us to, to really do that? What type of church should we become in this season that we would glorify God and be faithful in mission and love each other well? And so again, if you missed the last two weeks, please go and listen. I think they're honestly like vitally important. 
for what does it mean for us to be the church moving forward. So again, though, today we're looking at Psalm 23. Now, um, you, you caught the, uh, the, the scripture reading that we had that kind of buffer or that introed this sermon moment. And that was just the collection of Redemption Churches reading Psalm 23 together. And I love that video. I love that video from so many reasons. I love this Psalm. I love hearing uh, the text there, but I, I really just, honestly, I love seeing the congregations come together and the different faces from different places to be able to pray and to pray together. So, um, so that being said, uh, it was a beautiful video, but now we're, we're going to look at verses one through three. Now, if you're not too familiar with Psalm 23, that's fine, but it is one of the most famous passages like in the history of scripture. Um, and there's a few things I want to give on the front end of it. It's um, what you'll notice about Psalm 23, if you can do math and or count, you'll really know this, but it's sandwiched between Psalm 22 and Psalm 24. And so if you look at Psalm 22, it's the Psalm that Jesus even quotes from the cross. And it's it's a heavy uh, Psalm of lament and pain and honesty. Uh, you get lines like, uh, God, why have you forsaken me? Um, and then in Psalm 24, there's this massive shift where you look at Psalm 24 and, and instead you're hearing lines like, who is this king of glory, right? Like you have third day writing songs about Psalm 24, less about Psalm 22. And and so Psalm 23 is not just this beautiful psalm in and of itself, but it's it's part of this really neat structure um, of the psalms that kind of shows this, honestly, this true arc of our lives of, of God in, in the midst of trial and trouble. Like God, we, we sometimes feel lost and, and we're honest in that. We lament that. We're trying to navigate that. But then it's really Psalm 23 that becomes really this, this conduit, this pathway that the Lord lays out for us that, that moves us to places where we can really sit and say, who is this king of glory? Like, I, God, I love you. I worship you and, and the whole deal. So, so that's really kind of the, the place that Psalm 23 finds itself. And so let's get into the first few verses today, and then we'll, we'll have two more weeks after this. So, so read with me uh, verse 1. Again, a Psalm of David. It says in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not one. Now, this is a packed verse, and it is a verse that, again, has been preached on and, and used for, I mean, literally by thousands and thousands of preachers and pastors throughout history, and for good reason. It's a beautiful thing, but I think in the midst of it, at times, it has been, like, uh, hyperbolized, right? Like, it's, in other words, it's 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 been given more meaning than maybe sometimes it's supposed to. So I've heard people preach this text and they're like, well, God was a shepherd. And if you knew what shepherds did back then, you know, you've, I remember hearing like uh, that sheep wouldn't eat unless their shepherd was near, which that's just not, that's just not true. Like sheep are animals. If they're hungry, they eat. If they're not hungry, they, they don't eat, right? Like everyone, that's just the, the norm for the animal kingdom outside of human beings where we just eat because we eat like that and, and, and that's just but when you get into sheep it, these things aren't true so we really just want to come back to the beauty of the plain text a little bit and not necessarily just kind of strive for these other things that maybe aren't even really there so that to be said there are a few things I want to give you about kind of the background of the shepherd as Israel would have known them and as we can understand them now so um, first thing that's really important to realize is this language wasn't like reserved for uh, the Jews it wasn't reserved for Israel that um, kings this idea of uh, of the shepherd was something that would be ascribed to 
a new king, like a new king coming into uh, leadership and not just over the Israelite kingdom, but, but over different kingdoms, different nations, they, they would often be referred to as, as the shepherd, right? That, that they would come and usher in this new period and era, era of, of success and, uh, and sustainability and life and happiness for their nations. And so this, this was then this very charged language that David's using here to say, yeah, all you other nations, like you guys have your kings, you have your shepherds, but my king, like he, he is the true shepherd, right? Like he is the greater and true shepherd, not just over a nation, but over the entire world. Now, not just these nations, but specifically Israel dealt with this language significantly throughout their history. And so let me read to you a few verses. You go all the way back to Numbers, which is in the Torah, uh, kind of the initial five books written for the people of God because of the law. And so Numbers twenty-seven seventeen says this, who shall go out before them and come in before them? Who shall lead them out and bring them in? That the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. God, in, in this moment, is inviting Israel in the wilderness to not be a people who live life as sheep without a shepherd. First Kings 22.17 says this, And he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master, let each return to home in peace. And so we, we see from Numbers to First Kings that, that they still haven't really figured it out. They haven't figured out, well, who is God and, and how do I make him and trust him as shepherd? Zechariah 10.2, it goes on, for the household gods utter nonsense and the diviners see lies. They tell false dreams and give empty consolation. Therefore, the people wander like sheep they are afflicted for lack of a shepherd. So you move on through Zechariah into the prophets as you get more into the story of Israel and they're still missing the shepherd. Like God's like, I want you to, to be my people. I want you to be my sheep. I want you to know my voice. But you keep chasing other shepherds. You keep chasing other voices to listen to. And church, if I'm honest, I, I know the proclivity of my own heart to do the very same thing. So, so I don't look at Israel and say, man, you, you absolute fools, how, why would you ever do that? I know, I know me, like I know, I know many of you, right? That we just, if we're honest, we have our ears tickled and we long to hear different voices than the shepherd who is the shepherd over the whole world that, that invites us in. And really that's the backdrop for, for us for Psalm 23, that this psalm becomes exponentially more beautiful as we realize and are convinced that the Lord is our shepherd and should be our only shepherd. And when we pursue that, all of the amazing promises and beautiful blessings that come from the promises from this psalm become real for us, right? They're not just these ethereal statements, these things we feel like we can't really grasp onto. Instead, rather, they're like, oh, this is true for me. Like, I get to live with this person, this, this God as the one that oversees my life. And so what a beautiful opportunity we have to see that. So this is the backdrop of Lord is my shepherd. There's a lot more to it. But again, I want to drive us towards the devotion part of this. And then the second part of verse one, I shall not want. This doesn't mean uh, you'll have no desires. You'll have no wants in life. It means there is nothing that you will lack that the shepherd deems you need. Okay. 
Let me say it again. It's not that you shall not have any desire that God would just fulfill everything you think of you just get. doesn't work that way. But he's saying, no, no, every single thing in your life that the shepherd says you need, believes you need, you shall never be without. And that's a good promise, right? It's a hard one to buy into if we don't buy the first half of the verse. If the Lord our God is not shepherd, if we don't trust him with that, we don't trust his voice, if we will not follow him as he leads us, then, man, I tell you what, the desires and the wants will overwhelm all of us. They just will. So that's the backdrop uh, for these, these, this next little part of this, which is kind of some qualifiers for then um, what this what this kind of posture of life where we have God as our shepherd, um, we, we are not in lack in anything he deems we need, um, that in the midst of that, that's what that looks like. And, and hear me, this is an amazing gift for us. And, and this is why I'm so thankful that uh, all of redemption is taking time to zoom in on Psalm 23 over the next few weeks is because I think we need this. And, and maybe, maybe just I need this. Like I need, I need what's promised in this psalm. Like I just, I really do... I think based on conversations that many of you are there too, like we just, we need this to be true. And we need to rest in that. We need to rest in what we'll learn today because we're, we're just kind of all over the place and we chase after other voices. And I think there's a realistic part to us that just we're tense and fearful and an anxious group. Even when we think we're not anxious, we're kind of anxious when we see that functionally in what we, the decisions we make. There's a great video, uh, if, you, if you haven't seen it, it's of uh, the fainting goats. Have you guys ever, have you seen the video of the fainting goats? It's, they're just a bunch of little goats and the moment you get too close to them, they literally just roll on their backs and it's hilarious. I'm not gonna show it to you, but I would highly encourage you to go watch it. It's hilarious and also I think a pretty decent picture of how we act as humanity sometimes. When these things get pressed on us, we just kind of fall on our backs and try and figure out which way is up when the shepherd is trying to speak to us and say, no, just just follow me. So let's jump into verse two and verse three here. Uh, And you notice I'm I'm leaving off the second half of verse three. We'll tackle that with next week's sermon. And so here we go. Verse two and three says this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters, he restores my soul. So again, this shepherd who has put us in this posture where everything he deems we need, we have, this shepherd then says, this is the way this works itself out. And hear me again, this will be a gift of life and refreshment to us if, if we really rest in it. So the first part, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me besides still waters. Now, if you're a shepherd, you do this because you want your sheep to be able to rest. You want your sheep to be able to be at peace. You want your sheep to know that they're safe and that in that they can experience the goodness of their shepherd, the goodness of their environment, the goodness of what is happening in and around them that they too might flourish. And so what a beautiful place to be able to come alongside green pastures and still waters. What I love about this is it's not even like God doesn't come in. The, it's not even, David's not saying that the shepherd invites us into lying down in green pastures. He's like, he makes you lie down in green pastures, right? It's not like, okay, you don't want to too bad. Like God, he's going to put us in places 
for our rest, for our refreshment, for our life. Why? Because he is the good shepherd. He is the faithful God who loves you more than you love you. He understands life and rest and goodness more than you understand life, rest, and goodness. And so sometimes he's going to say, no, no, I'm going to make you lie down here. I'm going to make you slow down. Why? That we would experience deeper the relationship with our shepherd, and deeper our relationship with the other sheep, deeper our relationship with creation, that we could slow down, take in what's going on. There's a, there's a beautiful uh, video that, um, that Anthony and I, we had an opportunity to watch in one of our classes recently, and it's about the horse whisperer. And if you haven't seen that uh, documentary on Netflix, would highly encourage you to watch that. In a nutshell, there's this guy who can pretty much tame any wild horse in like 15 to 20 minutes. And it's, it's beautiful like to watch in 15, 20 minutes, just the process that he goes through. And it's this continual understanding of this guy about who or what that horse is and what the horse is thinking. And, and that's how God treats us, that he, he comes in and he, he intentionally moves us to these places of rest because he knows us better than we know ourselves. And so he loves us in such a way that that will be the outcome that we would be drawn into, yes, Lord, would you lead me? Because hear me, that is the best possible place that we could be as a church and as Christians. Sometimes, if you're like me, um, I have a problem lying down. Uh, I have a problem slowing down. I have this idol of busyness. I have this idol of overthinking. I have this idol of trying to process everything that's happening in the world and try and figure out what I need to do better to fix it. This psalm invites us, in whatever your things are, to instead of hearing the voices in your own head that are coming from you, to instead hear the voice of your shepherd. To instead be able to have our ears tuned to, okay, but what, what is the shepherd saying? What is the Lord saying? What is God saying in the midst of this? Because that's the voice that we need to hear. Maybe now more than ever for so many of us in this obviously chaotic and difficult time to hear the voice of God who makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us behind, but beside still waters, who puts us in places for our good, for our joy, for our rest. Like, what an what absolute gift that is, that he would love us that way. And so my encouragement, just as we start this series from just this first and second verse, the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. And so y'all, like, take time this week, please, Read verse 2 over and over and over with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters. Re recite that over and over and navigate what that means for you. Let's look at verse 3. Um, he restores my soul. Okay, so verse 2 kind of leads us into verse 3, right? So, so the Lord is my shepherd, okay? This is, this is who he is. Uh, I shall not want. I have nothing that I'm in need for. Now, this shepherd who loves me more than I love me is going to make me loud and green, down in green pastures, lead me beside still waters, create an environment for my flourishing, resting goodness. And then in that, 
He restores our souls, which can we, like, I know we're not the most charismatic of churches, but could we get a hallelujah? Like, could we get an amen? Could we get a, yeah, I'll take some restoration of my soul. Like the very inner, like the deepest parts of us that are longing for this. I need, I need a break. Like I need new life. I need new vitality. I need a return to God, like reinvigorate my soul. That's what's being promised here. Like what's being promised to us is, is that in the midst of God being the one that makes us lie down, again, it's, it's not even our choice a lot of the time. He's doing what we cannot do, which is care for ourselves well. He cares for us enough to say, I'll do this, and the gift will be the restoration, the restorative work of the shepherd to give new life and new vitality, restoration to the sheep, to us, the people, again, that are just, we're falling on our backs, we're, we're listening to the wrong voices, we're doing all these different things, and in the midst of that, it's, it's no, we're gonna, we're really gonna trust that instead, God's gonna restore our soul, like he's, he's gonna, he's gonna give us this gift of, of being present with him. So, it made me think this week, the more I had an opportunity to just kind of sit and reflect on this text and, and really do what I'm trying to invite you all to do now, which is to slow down with the text and, and not be as, I don't say don't be concerned with what it's saying. I mean, obviously, like, be concerned with what it's saying. But in the midst of what it's saying, we really want to press deep in this series to allow it to be devotion and to, and to really wash over us and be this gift to us. To, to encourage our hearts and our souls in this season. So, um, so that being said, I started really thinking through this uh, pretty significantly. And, and what really came to mind so often was with my kids. I've got, uh, many of you know, Finley, who's, who's five, and James, who's two. They'll be six and three uh, in, in August and July, respectively, which is just absolutely crazy. And, and even talking to a few of you that have been around since the start of this church, like, it's crazy to like you've seen you've seen my oldest like from not being here to being almost six like it's it's crazy to think about but here's what's true for them from day one to now day what's that's like 1900 and uh, I really want to get 995 I think if I did that right in my head real quick but um, in the midst of that. Um, 1885, I just redid it. So um, he restores my soul is, is this read that as my kids, um, wherever they're at in life, they are at greater peace, greater hope, greater calm, and, and just experiencing new life when they're in my presence or Verity's presence. It's we are their shepherds. Like we are called to tend and to feed and to lead and to teach these two young boys to become young men and hopefully older men that love Jesus and love other people. But I'll tell you, right now, there's no better place where they feel comfort and they feel hope and they feel restored than with their parents, okay? Now, and hear me, I'm not even that great a parent. Like, I, I, hopefully I'm average to above average. I don't even know if, if I would tip that mark. Verity kills it. Me, average to above average, hopefully, right? And yet here's the reality for my children. 
They want to be by the father and their mother. They want to be by their shepherd. They know our voices because our voices are the ones that they've heard and listened to practically every day for their entire lives. And so their lives feel like new life when I come in the door. When, when Verity, just, just uh, this week, as, as you know, we were, um, I was out and at RC and Verity had to go work. Um, she, she went to, she got finished up with work and she came and picked up the kids so that I could head into the office for a little bit. And uh, the moment they saw her, like there was just this new life and new vitality that, that came upon my boys because they got to see their mother, their, their other shepherd, right, if you will. And so, um, again, this move for us is to, tr- I want to convince you to meditate on this psalm this week. I want to convince you that the promises that we see here in this psalm are worth your time sitting in. Because the reality is for us, Jesus is our shepherd church. He claims that in John 10, 14. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Like he's, he's like, okay, you know all of the language that we talked about throughout the Old Testament, all of the language that the nations talk about. He's like, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep, they know me and they experience new life, new restoration, new peace, new hope, new grace, new mercy by my presence and by my voice. And that is my ultimate longing for us. Is that, you know, as we, I think we're in week nine or 10 of this COVID season of doing things digitally and trying to navigate life in this new normal. And I know there's those of you that are tired and weary that I think when we say, man, how would you like, how would you like to be by, by a shepherd, by someone you trust to be led to a beautiful place where the true restoration of your soul would be. I don't see how there could not be a hand raised for that one. And so our hope in this series, again, is that we would slow down, you would hear what we're saying, but hear it mostly as this drive towards, again, take time this week. Please, I plead with you to not let this slip by. Like even now, before our service is over, after Johnny and Anthony come up and, and, and we have this opportunity to kind of just, yeah, like re- respond, would part of your response be, Finding a time every day this week to read Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3, and meditate and sit on church. You have a good shepherd that leads you in places that are better than you could ever lead yourself. That he might give and grant restoration, new life for your souls. Don't be swayed by the other voices that would want to come up and say like, hey, because that's what Israel did. Israel heard the other voices and they said, okay, no, this is where life and restoration and goodness will be. And every time they were wrong, let us not be those people. Let us know the voice of God. And we hear it. We get it in his word as the spirit of God speaks to us. As other fellow believers, as we get to kind of teach and show each other life and goodness in the midst of all. All of that, in the midst of all of that, we wouldn't just be able to discern the voice of God and say, no, that's the one I'm going to listen to. And so that's my hope, is that you would just take this time seriously this week to sit and be with that, allow it to grant us new life and rest, and that that will help carry us for as many more weeks as we're in this, and then well beyond, because 
Man, walking the life of Christ is not easy, but it's beautiful, it's worth it, and it's true. And so church, let's be the church. Let me pray for us as we wrap up. I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for King David and this psalm and what the Lord is going to do with it. Let's pray. God, I just want to pray that you would lead us in this pursuit for us to slow down, for us to rest, for us to meditate upon these verses and allow spirit for you to speak to us and grant us new life, restoration, hope, peace. We sorely need it. Bring healing to our minds, to our bodies, to our emotions, to our hearts, to our souls. God, that we would have ears that would keep hearing your voice and what you say to us. We want no other voice to teach us, Lord. God, we love you. We thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Church, now we're going to move into a time of response. And again, take some time as Anthony leads us in that to decide and find time either individually or with your family and friends of when you're going to pursue sitting in these beautiful promises that we learned from Psalm 23. I love you so much. God bless you.